Welcome to the Harmonics Podcast, everybody. Smokehouse, back in action. Uh, <laughs> Wee! Missed it. I missed it so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been such a long time. Or not at all. Like two whole weeks. I liked, I, I listened to the uh, last podcast while I was uh, sick and... Uh, Great. It was very This American Life. He fishes yeah. a very soothing voice. I know. He's probably uh, got a lot of fans out there now. Definitely. Hi, I'm Fish McGill. Welcome to the Harmonics Podcast. Got a couple <laughs> fans in this room, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, all of us, I think, are fans of fish. Well, I like he Except just for come, Sometimes he just comes up to me in the office and whispers in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Soft <laughs> lips of right. Fish McGill. I've Swiss talked McGill. to him Lips McGill. Yeah. I've talked to him about how that's not okay, but he continues to do it. I love it. Like Lips it. McGill sounds like a Dick Tracy. His voice is like a warm fleece. <laughs> it's too bad that you pronounced him dead in your write-up this week of Hall and Oates. No, I mean he's he's great. When he's dead, the late, late great, great. Fish yeah. McGill. I don't think you know the word late. I means. just want to immortalize him as soon as possible because he's he's worthy of it. That's fair. Well, that explains the statue you've been building in the office as well. Yeah, but building out of butter out of, was a poor choice. Uh, I was going to say out of mashed potatoes. <laughs> it means something. It means it's important. Oh, I, I was. <laughs> So speaking of the late great Fish McGill, I was thinking if we needed to kill time, I would read my article, like just like This American Life, how they read segments. Oh, oh really? Not Your gonna do that. Right at, uh, not right gonna do that because our internet's down. Yeah. Man. So you can't yeah. read anything over. A can't podcast. read. It's like super down. <laughs> it's super so down. down. The web doesn't, doesn't even work. work. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Wow. I, could, I, could. I had to sort physical mail. Like that's, <laughs> that's what happens when the internet goes down. I read like all the charity letters that pile up on my desk. So you do your job. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> Sorry, charities. Otherwise, yeah. we don't get rid. The charities broke our internet. <laughs> well, no, the charities that send emails are the ones that get priority. Otherwise, there's all these photos of porcupines riding motorcycles oh, to God. look at on the internet. <laughs> Why would I ever look at my mail? Hey, how's everybody's holidays, huh? Good, good. That's great. <laughs> it's like everyone had a great, great time. It's like mid-January yeah. now. We haven't had a podcast <clears throat> since. I know, but it's like, but you yeah. ask the question, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I forgot. You guys all Two forgot? Ago, I don't know. It was fine. Yeah, Nick, how was your Nick, 4th of July? Nick, you have offspring. Did they enjoy their, their yes. presents? And... Yes, they oh, did. Yeah. We did spent you... money on presents and put nice. them underneath the tree, and oh. then they opened it up. Real tree or artificial? Real tree. Okay. Right. Yeah, where'd you go? Put it down or anything. What do you mean, where'd I go? Where'd you get the tree? Oh, the tree place? I don't know where it's called. <laughs> the tree place? Is there like, yeah, I went into the woods and I cut down the tree. <laughs> oh, wow. okay. Is there, is there like a place? Which woods? Yeah, well, well, there's a lot of different places. Okay. My family used to go to Smolak Farms. This isn't the first time I've mentioned Is this Smolak. the place with the apples? Yeah, apple picking. You are obsessed. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, really, it's really good. Aaron loves apple picking. I do. It's, I the, it's the most New England thing about you. Can't wait for the fall, guys. Sounds like a hardcore Fall band. Guy? Yeah. Fall guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was, I, I had a good holiday. Good. Yes, good. even though I didn't someone go to here had a good farms, holiday. The tree was good. fine. Good. 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 Right, great. And that you went to Puerto Rico. I did. Da 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 da. Bum, 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 bum. It was fine. I um. Chickens. Hung out, you hung out with some chickens. With some chickens. I was in the middle of nowhere. You lived on a cliff. I lived on a cliff. No, I hear that spinsters only live on cliffs and hills. Because they're. Children all so that told me. Well, you saw the photo of like the back door of the the house that was just like a sheer drop off into the ocean. There's a bunch oh, of chickens God, hanging out and like a really I steep hill, picture. and that's it. Like, there's no point of that back door other than like, oh, <laughs> I want to kill myself, so the I'm just gonna door. walk right out <laughs> and die. It's like a bad cartoon setup. It was really bad. Yep. Um, scary. You had lizards in the house. There's lizards in the house. That sounds like a bad pop group. Lizards <laughs> in the house. With a new single, I'm molting. Yeah, so it was, it was great. <laughs> the lizard molts? Yeah. It was a weird. Shed. 
It's a weird thing. No, no real internet access half of the time. So it was, it was weird. a lot like the office. Yeah. Like right now, <laughs> we could <sighs> be in Puerto Rico. Yeah, not, no one would know. There's not, not enough can't, lizards can't in this tell. room. They have more lizards. <laughs> 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 Smoke hand. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, Christmas is fine. fine. All right, good, great. You went to New York City. Oh God! For New Year's Eve, I did. You're crazy. Did. You're a crazy so person. Um, Stayed up till t- we had five nowhere in the to stay, so we had to find things to do for 12 hours overnight. Barfo, which is great. So we spent about half of our time in cabs trying to find places to go, and then just being in places and hanging out. And it was actually really fun. I started crashing around 6 a.m., realized I'm too old to do anything like that ever again. I was going to say, that's and a very, like, teenage, like, party girl thing to we're do. We're staying all night! Yeah, I don't it's need to sleep! New seems, York City! It seemed like stay. a good idea. It was not a good idea. I'm going to drink, drink up Zima. I'm so wasted on Zima. New Year's! Is that just like a Zelda? 2012! South Park character. Oh, my God! Yeah, it was out of control. It was crazy. So you didn't sleep, you didn't just sleep. took a train, bus? We took the bus, we took the boat bus. <sighs> okay. Oh, you didn't do Feng Wah? No. No, no. Have we, has anyone told you about the, the Feng Wah? I did. Oh. I heard about that. <laughs> I didn't want to die. A good 40% of their buses catch on fire on yeah. each trip. Awesome. <laughs> or flip over on the per- yeah. turnpike. Yeah, no, Jessica, didn't you take yeah. that but bus? But I said, like, they always have chickens and stuff on the bus, so if you're stranded, it's fine. Didn't you get yeah. shot at or something? No, that was on the Greyhound. Oh, okay. Their bathroom doors are usually not existing. Oh, I would never. Never go into a fun wall bathroom. The way to travel to New York is a limo liner. Let's go. Fancy. There are signed seats. There is a stewardess. Wow. Wow. Just get get on a Delta shuttle at that point. Well, how much is sixty dollars more? Sixty-five bucks to take the limo liner. Really? That's pretty good. Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi. There's a quiet section, no cell phones. And why is it called a limo liner? Just to make like, it looks kind of okay. like because the seats are big leather. Yeah, it's like big leather seats. Wow. It's, it's both Jeez. bus with more space, assigned seats, and like a slightly more luxurious yeah. trip. It's There's only, only like 25 bucks? seats or something. Yeah. Wow, really? that that's almost great. like the Acela. Let's do that. Like the Acela, but with less. Let's just do that. Let's just yeah. That's my favorite. No, let's go to New York. Did we have no internet? Why are you staying? No, Acela has internet. It's true. <laughs> you tell us crappy internet's better than our no internet. Oh, my God. The internet. Uh, so we have a lot of uh, Dance Central-related stuff to talk about today. Sure do. Putting a net on point. Let's do this. Dance Central Fitness Month is this month. So I'm posting a lot of stuff on the DanceCentral.com blog, so check it out. Um, we have Fitness Challenge Fridays. What's that? Hooray. So basically every Friday in January we'll have a designated fitness challenge that you guys can do. Give me an example. a week to complete it. So last Friday was the Frenchie Challenge. It is called the Frenchie Challenge because our choreographer, Frenchie, um, created a lot of really awesome routines that are like really good for stretching and good for your core. So I just sort of pulled out a list of all the songs that she choreographed of which you have to choose 10. And so pick 10 songs, make a playlist, and Dance Central 2 with those songs, and then play them three times in a week. Um, any difficulty that you're comfortable with and just get through it and, and get a good workout and work out that core and shake your butt because she's her, her choreography is really good for that. So check it out if you haven't already. You still have time. Next challenge will go out by the time you hear this. So stay tuned to DanceCentral.com. So this is going through the whole month of January? Whole month of January. So we'll have um, more articles with fitness tips. There'll be blogs from people in, the, in our internal um, fitness group. That will have updates of like their the progress with weight loss, which Jessa has been kicking all of the butt doing that. You want to share any fitness tips? 
Um, eat awesome. less, eat healthy, move a lot. Is there any way I could feel better about myself without doing any of those things? Get one of those dysmorphic circus mirrors that makes you look really skinny and tall. Done. Let's do it. Cut out all the tags from your clothing and sew in different ones. All small. Sew in chocolate cake. How would you sew the cake in? Just maybe a pouch for cake. Patch, yeah. Life finds a way. You're going to start wearing big <laughs> sleeves with like food snacks tucked oh, in. Oh my God. Snack pack <laughs> Food pouch. <laughs> oh man. You could get the pocket in the back of your throat like magicians and like store snacks. Wait, wait a second. Like magicians. Magicians have pockets in the backs of their throats? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, that's not a thing. I'm not making that up. Uh, they're right? all marsupials. <laughs> <laughs> they keep secret keys back there and then they. No, what no, are you talking about? No. Do they have cloacas no. too? <laughs> no. What is happening? No. I wish you guys could see the stink eye that John Jake is giving me right now. Like in the stern dad voice from the back of the room. No. Room. No. no, you don't understand magic. No. no that's well, like, not how magic works. You better get away with everything, right? You're like, <laughs> oh, I studied the Holocaust in college. Oh, I'm fencing. Like, no. Sometimes she just is making stuff up. That's when I was younger, I convinced people at my school that I was two years younger than them. And I also convinced a girl that in glue factories, if you don't work hard enough, they turn you into glue and what? make your parents eat you. No! And they believed it. Why would you yeah. do that? Yeah. She went to my high school. <laughs> she went to prison high school. Prison high. Prison, prison high. high is a great show we should pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Cartoon Network would take it in a yeah. minute. I'll... So that got derailed. So yeah, so don't listen to anything. Revealed that Jess is a pathological She's a liar, liar so yeah. don't listen to anything. Because she just... Um, no, but she's been doing really well. So good for I've you. lost a lot. Hooray. Yeah. Can we it, believe her that she's doing well? <laughs> yes. Yes. You guys can look at my scale. And have you started to... I, I know it's only sort of the first week. Have you started to see people in the community uh, participating? Yeah, there's been a few folks um, that have been sharing their blogs on the internet that I've been tweeting. So at dance underscore central, if you're following, follow, 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 follow. Um, I'm posting some of the like blogs that I've been finding of people joining in on the challenge that we just put out and are really excited about um, getting fit in the new year with Dance Central. So if you just got it for Christmas, maybe think about um, checking out our blog, get some tips on how to make playlists and how to um, count your calories with the fitness mode and everything so that you can use it to get in shape. It's a fun way to get in shape. You don't have to go to the gym. Do it in your house. No one has to see you dance. It'll be a lot of fun. Have your friends come in, do co-op sessions, get you know, a nice little fitness group together or something. That'd be super fun. Cool. Uh, so also on the the DC front, um, you've you've uh, started revealing our in-game unlocks. Not quite yet, um, but we will soon. Spoilers. Um, so just stay tuned. DanceCenter.com. We'll talk a little bit more about some really fun in-game unlocks for you guys. Um, there'll be things you'll have to do to get them, but they'll be worth it. Trust me. So. So we have revealed that there are in-game unlocks. There are in-game unlocks. Well, they exist. There's two kinds of in-game unlocks, which we, yes. I think we can say, fine, we won't say what they are, but we can say that there are controller-based unlocks where we'll like give you a code and reveal that you can type this code in and like unlock a character to play for that session, for example. Uh, or And then there's other kinds of unlocks where we might be able to just like make something magically appear to everyone who's connected to Xbox Live. And that's the one that I'm really excited about because I don't know other games that have really done that yeah. in mm-hmm. our space. So. Uh, what you have to do to get those unlocks we'll be talking about on the blog very soon. So make sure you follow Dance Central on Twitter, dance underscore central, and read along with the Nets constant deluge of blog posts at dancecentral.com slash blog. Yeah. Blog, 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 blog. 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 
Log. 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 Cool. And then there's other cool stuff happening very soon in the Dance Central world that we also sh- aren't going to talk about. No, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. It's exciting. Literally, we can next, talk about. Literally the next week. Yeah. yeah, so you won't have to wait too long Maybe by the time by you the hear time this. Maybe by the time this podcast is out? Yeah, I'd mm. say there's like a 20% chance there'll be, <laughs> be information since by the time this podcast is out. But it's, it involves Dance Central, it involves Facebook, it involves some cool stuff. Mm. So stay tuned. And uh, I'll obviously follow Dance Central on Facebook too. Friend us. Because the news will be there. Uh, and it's going to be really, really cool. We've been working on it for yeah. a weirdly long time, actually. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to launch it and see what you guys think. Cool. Really cool. We're releasing uh, DLC more frequently. Yes. Let's talk so about that. We mm-hmm. just had um, Neo's Closer hit the Dan Central in-game store and Xbox Live Marketplace. So go get it. Go get it. Super Done by good Kunle. routine. Kunle, yes. Kunle, who I went to college with. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. He was like a science guy in college. Now he's all like, like Bill Nye for entrepreneur. <laughs> Yeah, he worked on, um, let's see, Technologic. He's like one of the more accomplished poppers that yeah. we have. So he's like a little robot. Well, and yeah. in the greater Boston area, too. Yeah. In the world. Mm-hmm. Forever. Forever. Universe. Yeah. Stuff. Mm. Yeah, and if you guys also want to know like who choreographed a lot of the songs in um, the Dance Central franchise, DC, you know, first Dance Central, DLC, Dance Central 2, check out the blog and check out the forums. There's a nice thread in the Dance Central forums with the full list with everyone's name so you guys can know who did your favorite songs and maybe start, you know, be Team Frenchie or Team Kunle or whatever. Team Chanel with her crazy high-energy routines. Batmando. Um, Batmando. Ricardo. Ricardo Foster. Who's on Twitter now because yep. I talked to him and knew it. At Ricardo Foster Jr. Yeah. He's the young, uh, what would he call himself? Oh, jeez. The um, young dance sensation or something. something. He spells both words in the name of his company wrong. Is he aware of that? They're both like extra Y's and Z's in them and stuff. Ricardo, if you're listening... Fix, fix that. I'll Extra make him listen to it. Zanzies. Yeah, man. Is it like crazy legs yeah, something or something? Like I don't remember. <laughs> Zazzy But I think what, Nick, <laughs> what, what Nick was alluding to is that <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, we're moving towards weekly. Yeah, so if you guys are wondering why it was songs. only one song this week, it's because we'll have some more rolling out more frequently so you guys can, can check that out. Like Tuesday. Yeah. Like another song coming out Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. So announcements so a few days. Monday. Announcement yeah. on people Monday. Watch out for announcements on Monday. Yes. Learn this behavior, people of Dance Central Land. Yes. Check on in on Mondays. Mondays. Yeah. So more similar to the rock band schedule, mm-hmm. like weekly announces, weekly releases. Although we'll say that it won't be every single week. Yeah. It, it's, it's, more, it's more likely. Yes. Yeah. It's more likely to be like most weeks. Like some months it'll be three out of four, for example. Yeah. It just depends on the speed of content. But check in on Mondays, and if you guys want to start making some guesses as to what it is, jump in the forums. Speculate. Check it up. Speculate. Regulate. Who do you think it is, Aaron? Um, I bet it's going to be Neo nope. with Closer. Nope, You're a week in the past. Oh, God. God. Okay. Get with the times. I think it's going to be the Cabbie song. The Cabbie song. <laughs> oh, I wish. It's our, it's our new favorite YouTube video. It's our new of the jam. Week. You could just the guy doesn't even on YouTube as the cabbie song. Yeah? Just search for the cabbie song. Yeah. Maybe maybe Nick can pipe it in. Um, so he doesn't even like give. He needs an artist name. It's Bociferous. Bociferous is his YouTube channel. Yeah. I didn't have even Bociferous notice. In the in the bees or uh, the bone hers or something. Oh, like you're right. Oh, Nick's not hey. even making that up. I'm not even making That's that true. up. That's true. Yikes! I did some research um, on this E-O-N-E guy. or like <laughs> he's got a great MySpace page. Yeah, he's got some awesome. Out, yeah. He has a MySpace bone page. her or bone. Yeah, hers. like the word. It's double grow. It's like the word boner, but with bone her. Yeah, it's it's oh, terrible. Hers. It's disrespectful bone to hers? women, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is terrible. Why is there a possessive at the end of that? In cabbies. <laughs> so so the thing is, this guy is a real deal cabbie in Richmond, Virginia. 
and he apparently likes to rap in his off time. Or in his uh, on time. Well, yeah, so, so well, in this, this is the sort of the culmination of his career, as I found out, is he's created this career song. as a cabbie? Or? No, as a rapist. Yep. As a human. Uh, <laughs> so he has created this, this song called The Cabbie Song, which is about him being a cabbie. Oh, cabbie, and cabbie. He's the greatest the, cabbie. He's the coolest cabbie that you will ever yeah. have. Yeah. Come on, everybody, ride in my taxi cab. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's uh, they made a music video, which is the best slash worst, because it's actually just him sitting in his car, singing at the camera. You can in, see Pope's like, face right now. Like really creepy. Like, like dancing. <laughs> this girl. Oh, there's a girl yeah, pulling down like her shirt. Some people yeah. to dance and he, with Yeah, him he gets like either his friends or his customers to be in the I video. I bet they did not sign releases. <laughs> <laughs> no. They don't know. They're uh, all drunk. I'm and he's like really muscly and scary. Like all I can think of is Taxi, dri- uh, taxi Driver. Uh, with Robert De Niro. Um, but the song is so much better than it has any right to be. It's been stuck. I woke up with it stuck in my head this morning. How many views does it have now? It's only got like 18,000 views. Not it's not enough. of it has. And Rocco, yeah, Rocco Body from um, Mega64 has already done a parody, which is awesome. That was fast. Mm-hmm. I know. A parody of a video that has 18,000 views. But it's so good. It should be more popular. It, sh- it should. It's a shame. Yeah, so look it up. But you hear, you heard it here, folks. First, folks, no. we're ahead of the curve on this meeting. No. We are, except yeah. for those blow other eighteen thousand people. And <laughs> I don't think that count- mega It was mostly vociferous yeah, but- and his family. Any any YouTube video can get eighteen thousand views. I've heard of the backing band is uh, Magician Throat Pocket. <laughs> 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 Another great thing. Is Albino Frankenstein? Albino. In there? Oh, Zulu Brown. Chocolate Guterres. All the racism all the time. Uh, Aaron, what's, what's uh, been going on in the in the world of the rock band? In rock band, we're gearing up for uh, for Albino Frankenstein. What's that mean? Is um, well, that's that's offensive. That's so in bad. Some ways. It's it's offensive in some ways. Um, we have uh, well, that's 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 probably getting getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Why don't we slow um, this down? Let's let backtrack a little Take bit. Take it slow. Flashback. Flashback. <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> so imagine yourself on New Year's Eve. Uh, looking to play some new rock band jams. Okay. And you turn to your friend, you were like, hey friend, what new rock band jams are they, are there out right now? And they would say, it's New, Year's, it's new Year's Eve, it's not Tuesday. Let's there go to New York. Any, no, let's not go to New York. Do it. That's what happened. Yeah. There's no jams. Uh, it's not Tuesday. Right. But I would say, in the past, if I was talking to these two friends. This is kind of a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> time travel. I'm so bored at this party. Time travel is really complicated. This party guys. sucks. So on New Year's Eve, uh, special uh, special timed release, um, thanks to um, the diligent folks at Microsoft who do not take holiday breaks, um, we released Rush's 2112, um, which was a super awesome um, kind of medley style uh, arrangement. Um, like the Who Super Bowl medley. Like the Who Super Bowl medley. Uh, not quite, though. Um, more like the Abbey Road medley that we uh. did in, uh, in Beatles Rock Band, where you could buy the individual segments, or you could buy the entire uh, 20-minute suite of Rush's 2112 okay. uh, and play it in its entirety. Um, and it was like five bucks for 20 minutes of song and a bunch of super crazy Rush parts, and people loved it. Mm-hmm. A lot of really good feedback on the forums. Made a lot of New Year's Eve parties. Super happy that we were able to get that out on time. Mm. Um, also, as recently as this Tuesday, mm-hmm. we released a Hall & Oates three-pack. Yeah! Yay! We are excited! We are, we are excited. extremely biased. 
Yes. Have we played it yet? Has anyone played it yet? We have no. not played it I haven't played yet. it yet. No. I haven't been home. We have not played Marty. it yet. Um, not, I mean, Hollow Notes are a veritable hit factory. It, it would be yeah. hard to select just three songs. I think we did okay, though. They're all number one hits. All number one hits. That's crazy. That is crazy. And th- they have enough number one hits remaining to do yeah. a- another pack. Right. Like, they they are absolute juggernauts in the world of pop music. Completely pop, unironically. Yeah. Pop jugs. Pop jugs. They are pop jugs. <laughs> <laughs> They've been together for 40, over 40 years. That's crazy. How crazy Lord. is that? That's awesome. It's true. I love them. It's true. Did you know I was squinting? <laughs> yes. I can feel around. your, yeah, Drake is sitting behind me because I don't have enough space right now, but I can just feel your squint on my neck. I was weird. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Did you know that Ru- Russell Brandt, Katy Perry couldn't even stay together for a year? Hollow Notes, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, their bond is 40 times as strong. Yeah. That's factual. Strong That's bond, good pop math. jugs. Strong <laughs> math. So the three songs that we released uh, for Hollow Notes were Private Eyes. I can't go that. for that. No can do. And man eater. Yep. I can't go for that. No can do is one song. Yes. I can't go for that. Parentheses. No can do. Yeah. All great tracks. All great tracks. You should download them immediately. People have really been digging the '80s stuff lately, and the '80s stuff we've been putting out has been. I mean, not to not to get too back patty here. A little bit of a humble brag. Pretty uh, pretty amazing '80s content recently. Absolutely. Um, next week. However, going to mix it up a little bit. Flip the switch. Uh, got a kind of a diverse pairing of artists. Switch mm-hmm. the flip. Um, maybe maybe wouldn't expect them uh, to appear together initially, but we have uh, four singles, two from the Edgar Winter group, uh, and two from Corn. Mm. Uh, kind of a kind of with an a C or a K with with a K. Oh, that Corn. Okay. Oh, yes, Corn. Corn. You can't. Uh, the R corn. is backwards right. also, and the O is small, so it should be. Corn. 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 Richard Carn <laughs> is in Corn. Back to you, Tim. Wow. <laughs> says. Oh. He's the host of Family Feud. That's, that's true. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's oh, Steve it's Harvey now. Uh, yes. Blew my mind. Uh, Watched it while that I was recovering from surgery. Has had some ups and downs. <laughs> Are you thinking that Steve Harvey's an up or a down? Uh, I mean, I, so I guess the, show, yeah, the show's had a lot fun. of downs yeah. recently is <laughs> what I meant to say. Themselves. Yeah, I mean, the, the Louis Anderson stretch <laughs> was kind of dark. The first host killed himself. No. Yeah. Uh, second host. Yeah, second host. What's second, yeah. second host. Dick Dawson. Christine looked at me like I was a total jerk for saying that. It's half, It's a factual thing. I yeah. thought maybe like multiple participants. No, no, no. Had... no Dick Dawson was still alive. Dick Dawson's thing was like being very inappropriate with women. It was so, the 70s. So affectionate. He would oh, just making touch out with everyone? Yeah, he would yeah. Hit, like on the mouth kiss. Make making out. Kiss. It was <laughs> awesome. Uh, I wish that I can be that awesome when I'm as old as Dick Dawson is. He's 97 years old. He is. He is all of 109 years old. Uh, but yeah, Combs did kill himself. <laughs> kind of a, kind and of then a, no, but then, then he was left. resurrected to be on Hannity and Combs. His his oh, corpse man. is the other host. I don't I don't think That's those are the same. Alan Combs. <laughs> Alan Combs does look like a corpse. Yeah, You're correct. Like oh man, he does. He like also a doesn't work there anymore. Yeah. Uh, and there was like a whole scandal with Louis Anderson as the host of a uh, of the, the scandal. Feud. All the pudding. Um, all of the pudding. <laughs> um, I think that there was like some kerfuffle, like he came out of the closet and it like caused a big what? stir. What? Louis yeah. Anderson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where was I? Yeah. Not tuned into the feud, Watching apparently. Watching old Louis Anderson specials. Wow. I'm paying attention to the news about Louis Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. So Remember he that? got a lot of flack for that, which is unfortunate, so he left the show and then Richard Karn came on and I feel like there was some scandal with him, too. But He's I don't... boring. 
I don't know off the top of my he's head. He's not boring. He's bland. Bland. He's not he's boring. Very, he is very... He's just sort of like vanilla. He's very flannel. Well, his character was flannel, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's not him. Well, I mean, well, I think it applies to don't, both. Don't know how dissimilar that is. Al Borland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See? I was trying to remember Practically. That, yeah. You were trying to remember that Al <laughs> yeah. Borland. Al Borland's tattooed in my brain. But uh, my brain just <laughs> kept going... Literally. My brain just kept going to a means drum solo cover <laughs> of the, the Home Improvement theme song. That's really good. Amin Zarukian on Facebook. Look it up. He's got a video. Here's a here's an embarrassing confession before actually announcing what the DLC is. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, in sixth grade, uh, went around. There was like a, a middle school yearbook, and everyone had to name what their favorite TV show was. And I felt bad because everyone else had already said The Simpsons because obviously, like right. at that point, I mean, it was, the Simpsons it was were at like its apex in, in their prime. Yes. Uh, but everyone else said it, and I kind of I didn't want to just like feel like I was falling in line, so I said Home Improvement. Um, mistake. And I've, I've regretted it ever since. <laughs> your deep JTT appreciation. Well, no, because now like, I, I still have so that middle school yearbook, and and you look through, and like literally all of the girls said Friends, and all of the guys said Simpsons, except for me. Marching to the beat of your own drum. Except You're for so me. cool. No, and I regret it. <laughs> and I've regretted it every day of my life since then. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Back on track, uh, Edgar um, Winter, uh, two singles from a, from that uh, extremely pale uh, group of gentlemen, um, Free Ride and Frankenstein. It's just one guy yeah. who's yes. pale. Yes. Yeah. Is it? There's not several? It's not a band. His brother Johnny, who's a saxophone player, is also albino. Okay. But I don't think he's in the band. Maybe really? He is. Maybe he is. I think he is. I thought that it was a pair of the two albino gentlemen. But it's Look not it like the whole Look band's the no. whole band's not albino. I'm not no, but up. there's two albino gentlemen in <laughs> a band. I'm shopping right now. Wait, Johnny went. Isn't that the guy who did Secret Agent Man? No. Uh, no. Jonathan Winters. Well, no, that was a comedian. Yeah, he's great. Who did Secret Morgan Agent Indian. Man? If you don't know Jonathan Winters, look him up right now. Greatest improv comic of the '50s. <laughs> That's probably true. That is true. He's great. He yeah. is good. And uh, I'm working Mindy. He aged backwards. Yeah, that was a good bit. He was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of it. <laughs> so baby. <laughs> so free ride and Frankenstein. That's that's the the roundabout oh, announcement. Free for those ride. Two free ride yeah, yeah. Now sing Frankenstein. God, I don't know that one. We learned that yesterday. <laughs> 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 He's from Beaumont. Beaumont, Texas. Yeah, I didn't know that. So see, no one knows any of the words to Frankenstein. Okay, well, you can make some up. I guess that's it. I learned something today. And rightly so, that song is authored for pro guitar and bass. Authored for pro guitar. Not Feed My Frankenstein by Alice Cooper. Unrelated. Also, two corn singles, Freak on a Leash and Falling Away From Me. Annette, I believe you were the one that did an excellent rendition of Freak on a Leash. Uh, I did. We were trying to. I don't think I was there for that. Let's no, it. we were trying to piece together exactly what the sequence. I think we all confused um, all of the chords. I was like, God, the life. That's like, that's forgot a leash. You, you don't know. Yeah. Uh, Look it Adidas. Up. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's Adidas. That's, that's I think we song. we all only remembered like a line from a yeah. corn song. But and like, it's always the lyric, like the title. We created a patchwork. What is it? Oh yeah. Sometimes I cannot feel my face. Is freak out a leash? Is that the one who does like his? Scatting. He does yeah. some scatting in that song, but like he goes <laughs> corn scatting. You think yeah. scat man? <laughs> no, no. Is he singing "Little Drummer Boy"? Yeah. Rap up. Rap up. 
So that should uh, that should cover the spread. Do you in guys terms think corn is responsible for the prevalence in 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 the corner of the culture that we have that we spend a lot of time with these days in uh, utila kilts? Because uh, they <laughs> wore kilts, or at least the, the really? singer the singer dude did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Davis wore like kilts all the time. Did he also play yeah. some bagpipes? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he totally did. Yeah. I'd say the combination of corn and Braveheart. It <laughs> was probably like two. Both came, uh, both came to a head in the uh, the mid nineties. Um, Cornheart, yeah. Wow, I, would watch, Corn. I would watch that movie. Corn. There has to be a YouTube video somewhere. I doubt it. No, no. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. No one has. Uh, the uh, yeah. Also, they came out really. They've had Corn's been really weird lately. They've announced they're like doing a dubstep influence album. Oh, their no. next album's gonna have dubstep influence. It'll be huge. Well, People love it. They did a song with Skrillex for right. the last yeah. album, which right. is out already. Right, but like the whole, the whole... next album is like pro- probably like produced by Skrillex or something like that. It's gonna be like super wow. dubstepy. And they were like, they hate we hate Barack Obama. Obama. We hate Barack Obama so much. Great. Well, at least one of their their bassists or something, right? No, the whole I think the whole band backed him though. Oh. The whole band together in unison. Good. All shouted. Good for them. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> Support the president, guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, come on. Step it up. I always thought Corn would be more patriotic. Yeah. And more, and more liberal. <laughs> They're a band of like, yeah, Weirdos, come on, yeah. guys. This is stupid. But, their, music, from? but their music's fun to play in rock bands. Where's Corn from? Are they one of those Florida well, bands? Beaumont, Florida. Oh, no. No. No, no. 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 Okay. Okay. from Florida. Everyone Florida. is from Florida. Beaumont. I don't know where Corn mm-hmm. are from. Oh, let's look it up, guys. Feels like Florida. They feel like a Florida thing. Let's go to Jess Brzezinski with the Wikipedia cam. <laughs> Hi in the sky, reporter. <laughs> they are from Bakersfield, California. Bakersfield. Huh? That was my helicopter noise. Born in 1993. They were born in 1993? They were formed. No, that's Jess. Were you born in 1993? <laughs> uh, somebody hatched Jonathan Davis in 1993. I was just about to say hatched him. He came out with a quilt. A quilt kilt? A quilt. A quilt kilt. A quilt. Utila quilt. Utila quilt. Like a slanky. Man, we should make that. It's just a quilt with a bunch of pockets in Utila it. Utila quilt. Throat pockets? It's good for winter. Throat, throat pockets. You can high key. Throat. Oh, God. Utila quilt in the throat pockets? <laughs> That's the worst nerdcore cover band I've ever heard. Uh, Barf. Uh, Jessa, come on. I did not. Wait, what am I looking up? I'm looking up corn and where they're from. Bakersfield, I'm I'm California. California. Well, speak up if you're going to answer that. Nick, Nick sniped her by like 20 minutes. I was just minutes. staring at Jessa waiting for her to answer the question. She's <laughs> looking at her phone. I was like looking for more information. There has to be more. Not. No. So that is that is the that the is the, the big rock band news mm-hmm. for uh for the now. Mm-hmm. Um we have uh we have a few other artists that we had announced previously on the holiday live stream. Um Huey Lewis in the news mm-hmm. and Bush still coming. Yep. Uh in uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um not all at once. We, we kinda we mm-hmm. parceled them out a little bit. Right. Keep you on your toes. So there's plenty of other good stuff in there that we have not told you about uh, or written about in the blog uh, or had leaked by a royalty group um, or Damn it. appeared in skywriting. That would be a good leak. Skywriting leak? So if, a, if a band rented a, a plane and used skywriting to announce we'll the band Rock DLC. We'll team up with Skylanders and Skyrim to do a skywriting <laughs> DLC. I would, just, I would just appreciate some more creative leaks. At this point, creative leaks, gross. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you should talk about your holiday. My creative leaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was out because I had sinus surgery, uh, and sinus surgery is fun in that when it's done, you get to breathe, where beforehand you probably couldn't yeah. breathe very well, uh, and smell and taste food. So things are looking up 
in the new year for me and my nose. Nice. Uh, but for a period there, uh, it was pretty gross. Um, so they put you under, which is nice. You don't have to deal with it's like time travel. Uh, but then you wake up and you just feel <laughs> miserable. Um, so you wake up with what are legitimately two gigantic tampons up each nostril. Not literally tampons. <laughs> they are literally giant tampons with strings hanging out and everything. Uh, and they go to the very back of your, your... Guys, it's a product. It's not a dirty thing. No, I'm let's, just I'm amused let's at your just... intimate knowledge of tampons. They were in my head. <laughs> this is the second time I've had this surgery. Yeah. I am. Yeah. It doesn't get more intimate than inside your skull. Tampons, tampons, tampons. Feel free to use that tampon industry. So, oh, yep. So you have two days where it basically feels like someone's got fingers up all the way up both of your noses, <laughs> like your nostrils. That sucks. Uh, it was awful. Uh, but then after two days, you get to pull those out. Get to. That's the fun part. <laughs> it is. It genuinely. It's. It's the most disgusting thing I'll probably ever do. But mm. uh, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you pull. So in the two days that those oh, those uh, are uh, absorbent. Oh, it's so gross. Absorbent. <laughs> Tubes. I don't know. I'm just gonna say tampons. tampons. Are in your head. They uh, so they're sucking up blood from your sinuses, and it forms a vacuum inside your skull. Uh huh. So as the doctor put it, like you're gonna pull these out. We used to do this in the office, but people would pass out. So you just do it at home at your own speed. Pass out by yourself. You do it at and, uh, nothing to do with you. Yeah. And, Wear uh, a helmet. According to him, he's like, it's gonna feel like you're pulling out your brain. It's and he was not wrong. Because it forms this vacuum, so you have to pull. Did you scream? Uh, it's just more of like a. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like you're busting a grumpy. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, you pull harder than you could ever imagine you'd need to pull to take something out of your head. Uh, but then oh, when it does, it makes God. disgusting suction noise, and then a fountain of blood <laughs> just gushes, gushes from your head. So like, yeah, I had to do it hanging over the tub, and and oh. And then you had to do it again on the other side. Yeah. Like, that's the worst no, part. actually, I did them both at oh, the same oh, time. Oh, they, so they, they tie the strings <laughs> together nicely. Oh. <laughs> it's like a, like a bull ring. Yeah, it was. A bloody, so oozy bull ring. The reason we're all pushing back against tampons is not that it's not a description of what it was. It's just that it's like, it's not that like they took two Tampax things, took the applicator off, and jammed them up your face. That's the way he made it sound. <laughs> right. But then I, later on, you got to I was knocked out when they put them in. So that could be how they do it. Did you find out? You get toxic shock in your face. Who's to say? (laughs) So Drake's intimate knowledge of tampon culture. (laughs) Tampon culture? Tampon culture? There's a tampon culture? That's not a thing. Well, there's like a zine that a few of us circulate. (laughs) There's meetings every first Wednesday of the month. Less of a culture, more of a zeitgeist. Yeah. yeah. Tampon zeitgeist. So that's how I... And that was literally... That was punk band. A few days. <laughs> nice. Tampon zeitgeist? Yeah. That's a good name. That's so good to say that. So that was a few days before Christmas, so that's how I spent my holidays. Oh, man. Uh, Gross. Fun. Foul. Nice. Fun stuff. But you didn't pass out. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't. And uh, I can now breathe. Yay. So it all worked out. Good. Wow. Good for you. Yep. So, um, coming up next on the podcast, uh, we've got another uh, interview. On this podcast? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. We've got another, actually, this is a really great interview because we haven't, he's sort of elusive. We haven't really been able to get um, this guy on the podcast or, or anything before so much. So, we've got Ryan Lesser, our oh, art yeah. director. Awesome. Uh, Fish and I sat down with him for what, it might be a bit longer than the previous ones have been because uh, it was it was a, a, a far-ranging interview. Uh, really interesting stuff. Um you get to hear about some early concepts, like art concepts for the style that Rock Band could have been, which I hadn't heard about, which is crazy. 
I don't want to spoil it, but um, really interesting stuff that they they iterated through when they were developing Rock Band for the first time. Uh, get some of his thoughts on the discussion of games as art a little Ooh. bit, which I think we could do a whole separate thing with him on that. We talk about Beatles Rock Band quite a bit with him. Uh, it's it's a, a, a really interesting stuff. So I think people will like it. So enjoy. Uh, before I do that, does anyone have any last minute business before I yeah, say that? Yeah, our, okay. uh, our friend and former uh, producer of MTV Games, mm. uh, Mark yes. Nesbitt, M A R C Nesbitt, N E S B I T T, if you're looking up stuff. Uh, MarkNesbitt.com is the site that has all the information I'm about to say. Uh, diagnosed with a really, really crappy brain tumor and is uh, looking to. Uh, he, he was really like one of the driving forces in MTV behind the day in, day out work that we did on Rock Band, Rock Band 2, Beatles Rock Band, Rock Band 3, <clears throat> First Dance Central, all the hilarious Avatar items. Like, he's like a really great dude, really fun dude, super Rock Band family. Uh, really bad things are happening to him right now. So if you want to go to marknesbit.com, you can sort of maybe read up on what's happening to Mark. If you feel so moved, holler at him, uh, help him out with the bad situation he's in. Uh, we don't work with him now, he doesn't work on harmonics, but he. Uh, He's an old school friend, so yeah. check harmonics out harmonics in spirit. Yeah, he's definitely always been a harmonics person, even as he worked at MTV. So there's a lot of costs involved with with his his life right now. So yeah. I think they're they're taking donations if people are so inclined. It's one of those things where it's not the medical coverage costs; it's like the, all the other things that need to happen so we can get to and from the hospital and all that stuff. So you know, we're trying to get the word out that a good dude who made the game that you love possible is uh, in need of some help. So go check that out, marknesbitt.com, M-A-R-C-N-E-S-B-I-T-T.com, uh, and give it give it a look over. Yeah. We'll be doing some more to promote that in the coming weeks. Yeah, For man. sure. Um, and if people want to uh, keep tabs, they can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the usual places. There's links everywhere on rockband.com. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. Um, if you are listening to the podcast on rockband.com right now, over to the left, just look a little bit, like two inches to the left. It's not that big a deal. Just turn your head a little bit. And there's a community tab. And then if you click on the community tab, it has links to all that good stuff underneath. Um, and it also has a link to our newsletter, uh, which you should sign up to. Yep. Um, we're yes. doing a ton of stuff in the newsletter uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, we'll have uh, some early announcements. Um, we sometimes kick off uh, DLC giveaways there early. Uh, for some keen and observant subscribers. You can see the fine design work of the soft voice and dulcet tone, Mr. Fish McGill. Of the so. late Fish McGill. The late. <laughs> great, late, great, great. Late and great. He had just, he banked a ton of these newsletters mm-hmm. in it's advance right before his untimely passage. So, the great thing about the newsletter is that you don't have to come to us. We'll come to you with oh, information. Yeah. Just like You don't have to do any work. Leave a letter in your mailbox. Yep. Give it a click. You're welcome. Give it a click. Welcome, Rock Band community. Not just rock band either. There's and dance central right. stuff. There's harmonic general harmonic stuff. stuff. If we have like other harmonic stuff, like if we've got things to announce that aren't rock band or dance mm-hmm. central specific, mm-hmm. probably hear about it there first. Could very well happen. Could very well happen. Job stuff uh, yes. will likely pop up there if you want to work at harmonics. Yep. We'll have some job stuff there. If you're qualified. If you're qualified. Get um, a lot of people that are always like, I'd love to work there. I have zero qualifications. Sorry. Sorry. We love you. We're, we're a company. We we're still a company. We're not a, we're not a fun house. Yeah. I mean, well, except on Thursdays. When we're a fun house. When we shut down. Yeah. Put mirrors <laughs> up everywhere. And yeah. Bouncy run, castle. Bouncy castle. Stuff. Yep. Guys, I have some really, really bad news that I want to make sure we announce before that we uh, wrap this podcast up. Uh-oh. The internet's back. Oh. Uh, uh, back to work. Uh, back to work. Uh, jobs. But the podcast isn't over for everyone else who's listening. Yeah. Enjoy uh, our interview with uh, art director Ryan Lesser, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. 
Bye. Bye. Hi, Ryan. Hey. Um, so it's been four years since the initial rock band launch. Um, can you tell me what harmonics was like leading up to the launch of that first game? Was it was it a tense, tense period of, of doubt or what? Uh, well, you know, you know, making the moving from like a single instrument game to the multiple instrument game was, um, you know, a pretty intimidating task, but something that we were pretty psyched to do. You know, it was right in the right in the zone for us. A lot of us were uh, on the team and in bands and. It just like really made sense to jump into something like that. So in some ways it was very comfortable, but in some ways it was very tense. Like we knew the the work was going to be really hard, but at the same time, it's like oh, a game about guitars and drums and bass and singing and bands and interband politics and stuff. So that was like all really familiar, because that's just kind of what we did every day after work. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty, you know, interesting, and um, that was really the first time we were working with our uh, our new, you know, MTV coworkers. So, you know, kind of new ways of doing things and introducing our working methods to people who are used to doing stuff in a totally different way, and um, you know, just a lot of meetings where big pictures were being pitched, and you know, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting, actually. From, so from your perspective as the art director, you had created a definite look and style with the Guitar Hero games, and then you had to switch gears to Rock Band, which is a really similar type of game, but a totally new IP in itself. Yeah. What was that process like for you? Like, Did you have to diver, uh, purposely diversify what you'd already done from what you'd already done? Um, well, you know, for, for each one of the games that we make, we always want to find some new visual paradigm, and... Yeah, the the Guitar Hero brand and the Rock Band brand both live in the same world of of rock and roll music, you know, and it was important to us to strike a new chord, you know, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh and and just find something new that was interesting but still fit the vibe of like guys on stage and 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 people in the crowd and kind of CD bars and all that stuff. So we worked for a long time pre-production was very much a roller coaster ride because different people on the team had different ideas of what the game should look like, um, and we all felt really strongly about it because we were all really, really invested. You know, whether it was like Eric or Greg or me or Daniel or any of the people involved, really, um, who had both uh, a big love for video games and a big love for rock and roll. Um, so. You know, a lot a lot was going on, and we had, I think we may have had one or two, I think we may have had one or two looks for Rock Band that were starting to get fleshed out pretty deeply and then thrown away. So we have a lot of concept art of characters. Like, um, my original hope for the game was to go a little bit more in like, um, sort of like a Gorillaz, Tank Girl comic book punk rock vibe like something that was still very very comfy for rock or metal or punk or anything that we needed to do but more stylized not so much placed in the real world it was placed in our fictional world and um, I started generating uh, an art bible which is what we call it here although we've been recently calling them lookbooks and all kinds of uh, dare calls them art Qurans. Um 
but uh, we we started working on that and making character type, character uh, concept art, um, all with like really stringy long arms and like noodly physics and sculpted hair and um, uh, we had I had started focusing on this concept of stop motion uh, animation, which you know I went to school for film and animation at RISD and I taught animation for a long long time and something that I was always really psyched about was old school 3D animation like puppets and mylar and aluminum foil and cloth and wood and it has this amazing vibe of like it's clearly real and it has dust in the air and it has all the little random things that happen as objects settle because they're real the lighting is real and the materials and surfaces are real and I wanted to bring all that stuff in so that there was a certain believability and a certain like visceral uh, contact with what was on screen. But you get to do goofy stuff, like have hand-done animation that was really wild. So in Guitar Hero, we did mocap, and in, in Rock Band, we originally had planned on doing hand animation. So it was going to be a lot more cartoony, you know, like what you would imagine seeing in a 3D movie these days. Um, we did a lot of tests, like Kelly Scott was brought on as our new lead animator uh, for the Rock Band series, and she's really good at hand-done animation, and, and uh, that was going to be our first foray into hand-done character animation. We have a, bo- we have a lot of concept art, actually, that, that uh, I could show you guys if you want, that it's like animations of hand-done Rock Band people, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, but what happened was some, all the stuff that stretched more into the cartoony side um, struck the struck some people kind of in the wrong space uh, and it, we wanted to over the course of that pre-production cycle we started realizing that this game needed to be what we started calling a platform you know in a bunch of our meetings these new like uh, kind of catchphrases started being coined which I'm probably guilty of a, cu- a couple of them but uh, someone brought up the concept of a platform. I think it was Alex, where it's like, this needs to be good for heavy metal, and it needs to be good for country, and it needs to be good for rock, and it needs to be good for pop. And like this vibe that we were working on, which I thought was really cool, was probably not perfect for all of them. And so we started evolving in a slightly different direction. Um, and so like uh, most people don't know that we cast aside a whole look for that game. And we kept some elements of it. Like when you watch Rock Band, there's definitely a vibe that that world is real. Everything's made out of wood and metal. And the lighting is real and atmospheric. But the characters are stylized. It's just that we move them to be stylized in a different way. And as it evolved even more, they got more anatomical. But you could still see hints of it. Like their hair, we kept sculptural. It's still a little bit more like Gorilla's style than you know, Final Fantasy, like wisps of hair. And um, their body anatomy is really pretty different from a, a real human being um, but is is similar throughout it's like self-similar all the characters look like they're of the same race like general race you know um, or not race they're the same general species <laughs> you know um, whereas like some of the stuff we've done in the past like in Guitar Hero there, it wasn't that case like Axel was gigantic and Pandora was like a matchstick and stuff like that um, but yeah, so a lot of cool stuff thrown away. And actually in the middle, there was another a second look that was played with, worked on, 
and Cast Aside, which was even more wild and wacky. I think Brad Benedetti did a piece of concept art that really was inspiring, that was very simplistic and gigantic eyes and like no features and very much that kind of 4AD Pixies album cover, like washed out, white, high contrast stuff, like the kind of the the, the image the like a lot of people use it to make themselves look young nowadays like but um but that was like the rock look for the nine like early 90s um anyway it had that vibe and it was really pretty sweet and so sean witt and adolf and a few other people like were working on that vibe big like kind of long elongated heads giant like kind of doll eyes almost also super cool really inventive really new and imaginative but again, it didn't really fall squarely on the platform to launch all kinds of music off of. So, I don't know, I'm really, really psyched where we wound up, especially as it evolved through number two and number three. Like, I thought that the game started looking really excellent. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows where it would have been if we went in any of the other directions, but certainly this direction, I think, you know, panned out pretty well for us. That's really cool. We should do, like, whole separate pieces on those things, like, with the pictures of the concept art and stuff. It's so cool to yeah. show. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I have animation, too, which I think is really fun, because concept art, you know, you, it's easy to get that usually, but you rarely find animation, because usually it's in the game. But during, a, um, during our sort of uh, art reviews, Kelly would come with renders of the animation because we didn't have, a, you know, I think we didn't have a uh, Xbox in that room or something. So we have, we have some renders, which are pretty sweet. Awesome. And it's using the old characters, too. That's really cool. That's what I was, was going to ask that. Like, Guitar Hero had some set characters. And then with Rock Band, we, we had those prefabs, of course, but, like, was that sort of a philosophical change? Like, you wanted, was it more about getting people into this world like you're the rock yeah. star where you didn't want to push specific characters on them yes no i know that's the, that's <laughs> not the way you answer an interview question <laughs> um uh yeah in in rock band we were moving towards this game that we wanted to be immersive for people so unlike guitar hero where it was like you were watching uh, rock band was you were doing and so we wanted you to be able to play this game and be yourself or be your friend or be your favorite rock star or invent like an idealized version of any of the above you know and so that game uh, because we wanted to be so expansive and inclusive we had to ditch the idea of characters which honestly is a bummer many of us were like really saddened by that because we love making characters and i think we do a good job you know some of my favorite video game characters came out of the harmonics team like video game characters ever like um you know i really love lars from uh from guitar hero and um uh, pandora and the grim ripper like when we came up with the ripper that was awesome and i love that um and so what we had to do now was we had this task of making this open-ended uh, system where you could make all those things um, and more but I wanted it to still be iconic still have the style of the game and still be party friendly like our games have always been really aware of the fact that a good music game needs to be good at a party you know and so w back when we did Karaoke Revolution uh, 
I had come up with this idea for the character maker for that, which was just like a hexagon with a couple sort of uh, standard poles of body type. And you just quickly moved your analog stick around and you picked, you kind of landed where you wanted to be and it, it did all it needed to do for like a party music game. And that, and we loved that. And I liked that mentality. So with Rock Band, I wanted to do something that you could, in 10 seconds, make something really cool. So, of course, there's the random button. But if you play Rock Band 1 especially, but also 2 and 3, you should be able to make a really cool character really fast. We, we really, you don't get to tweak every little aspect of every little piece of your body the way some other games do. Um, it's, we worked a long time on getting a system that was flexible enough to make something specific but not so flexible that you got uh, stuck in that morass of options. Um, and I think that came out really well, actually. And even as we moved into RB3, where it got more complex, where you could start moving eye shape and rotation and stuff like that, it was still very simplified. And Matt Gilpin and Pete and a bunch of other people worked hard on that system to keep that mentality of like party-friendly, um, but also like rock savvy you know and uh you know i think that went well we've we had a lot of cool prototypes for that stuff we've actually shown those at gdc i think adolf or horse like had a bunch of uh had a bunch of like half hour lectures where they showed all that behind the scenes stuff super cool um so what was the vibe like here leading up to launch did you feel pretty confident in the game itself like how much do you concern yourself with that because like you're kind of always working on the next thing yeah. Do you, are you very concerned once a game is out in the world how, how it's going to do? Um, I think, I don't know, maybe it's like my art school uh, mentality, but I'm used to making stuff that I like and that is the way I want it to be, and, and I work on it until I'm happy with it, and then I'm done with it. And... Of course I want people to like it, you know, um, but you can only do what you can do, you know, and so I, I do my best and then I put it out and hopefully it sticks. But like the weird thing that a lot of people don't realize when you're making games is that the people making the games are already months into their next game or more sometimes compared to when that game ships. So it's a weird, it's this weird like leapfrog. Um, so by the time Rock Band was shipping, we were already thinking about three other games, you know, and um, and so there was a weird lack of pressure, lack of oh, what are people going to think? Uh, of course, we were psyched when it started coming out around the holiday season, and people were getting into it and and buying it. Um, uh, but as everyone at Harmonix knows, it was like a rough scary time for us because we had to make a game to compete with our other game that we made that we loved you know like guitar hero wasn't ours to make anymore but man we loved guitar hero and and still do but um we had to make something better you know and that was hard that's pretty crazy i don't know if that's happened in gaming before or since or like a company had to create a product to compete with their own product. It's nuts. Yeah, it's weird to make a game that competes with, you know, a, a game that you made previously um, when there's actually not a lot in that genre. Like, we, 
invented slash maybe catapulted that genre in America. And um, so there wasn't like a million games in there. It's not like we were making a fighting game. And so, oh, okay, well, now we're making a new different fighting game. There's already like a hundred of them out there. There were very few music games out there, you know, and most of them we made, you know. And uh, so it was definitely a weird position. Yeah. Um, What was your initial reaction the first time somebody pitched Rock Band? Was it already expected because of Guitar Hero? Like the actual idea of multiple instruments and multiple peripherals and there would be all these actual physical plastic instruments we'd have to make? Um... I going going into rock band with multiple instruments was I think just a natural extension for us. Um, if you make a game for a couple years, a couple sequels about making uh, music with a guitar, the fantasy of making music with a guitar, it's only a matter of time before you say to yourself, "Well, shit, I should probably have a bassist and a drummer and a singer in here too. That would be really fun, <laughs> you know, like." There's all kinds of cool things about being in a band. One of them is playing the instruments, but the other thing, which is more abstract, that I think a lot of people here were really tuned into, which is like, it's fun to be in a band. It's fun to have all that other stuff, like thinking about what the other people are going to do and how it's all going to add up. And I think as much as we could in Rock Band, we tried to make gameplay reflect that, even if it wasn't one-to-one. But we have power-ups and, you know, power-ups and, uh, and gameplay styles that reflect on the other uh, instruments in a way that we tried to make a video gamey version of being in a band, like unison mode and stuff. Like, it's like, oh, this is the part where everyone, like, chugs together or whatever. You know, the same thing that happens in music happens in the game. So um, I thought that was all pretty awesome. And those are all things that we couldn't do with just one instrument. So it's just a... I think it was a natural evolution for us. Cool. Um, do you remember any moment during development? Like, because Rock Band was such a crazy, a huge undertaking, do you remember any moment during development where, even if it was just for a moment, you had uh, a bit of doubt? Like a day of doubt or anything? The day of doubt. <laughs> um, no, actually. I mean... The, the, the scary part, God, it's, it was a long time ago. I can't even remember yesterday. But uh, I think y- y- it wasn't the game itself that made us nervous in any way. It was um, what the game had to do once it was released, when it was out of our hands. We were really confident about the game. We thought we did a good job. It didn't have everything we wanted because we didn't have enough time as every game developer will ever say, probably. But um, uh, since we make games very quickly here, uh, it, it was more like, okay, this is the best game we can make about this. I love it. It's awesome. Let's put it out there. And we were confident that it was good and that it was fun. I mean, we play test the crap out of games here. But then you never know if someone's going to buy it, right? I loved Frequency. Man, it's like one of my favorite games ever. And I think there's like 70,000 people who agree with me, but that's about it. And 70,000 units does not make a successful game, you know. Um, so that was still out there. And I think that, for me personally, I don't know if I could speak for everyone else, that was the part that was more nerve-wracking for me. How will it do against uh, our competitors? Like, how will it do against whatever? It was like Halo. One of the Halos, I think, came out that year. It's like, 
Jesus Christ, like how do we go against these games? Um, but, you know, we did it and it, was, it went well. Do you, were there any other potential projects on the table that harmonics could have done if they hadn't done Rock Band, like in, instead of doing Rock Band? Like I know, I know Josh showed us the uh, WWF Cam Jam <laughs> prototype. Oh my God. That was way before Rock Band though, I think. That was like when we started. That was okay. before Frequency. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I was so, I mean, God, we had no tools. We had no engine. I think we were doing stuff in like flat, like early flash. And you're talking like 99 or something. Oh my God, that was so bad. But I was so psyched because I was really into pro wrestling, like almost my whole life, you know. And that was during the awesome era of like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. And it was like so fucking awesome. Uh, so we were psyched to be talking about it, even though it was a weird match for us. But luckily, I think I was the only one who liked WWF at that point. <laughs> I think it was called the WWF at that point. And uh, I don't think like Greg or Josh or Alex were like vibing on it too well. <laughs> but no, there was you know there was like we did the project for Disney early that early. I don't even know. If, I'm not even know. If, I don't know if we're supposed to even talk about it. But we were like pitched the shark. Uh, what was it called? Shark, Shark Tale. A Shark Tale. You know that movie, Shark Tale. We were we were like talking to a publisher about making Shark Tale the game, like a musical, like kids game or something. I don't know. But then we then Guitar Hero. We like luckily Guitar Hero kicked off, and we were like yes. But yeah, you might want to check on. You might not want to put that one up there. <laughs> so then nothing else then that could have been done in lieu of Rock Band. Like that was pretty much. The whole company was on. We were, yeah, I mean, I don't remember, I could be wrong, but that was like, okay, we were just bought, we have a new company, and we already had, um, you know, when we, were, when we were bought, we were like, let's make a game about being in a band, and, I, you know, we weren't a gigantic company or anything, I, I, we might have been like 70 people at that point, um, maybe 100 max, but... We were just like, yeah, that's what we're doing. And we started banging on it immediately. I don't think there was anything else in the running. You know, with us, there's always something pops up. Always weird things uh, are brought to us. But I think at that point, we were pretty focused. And as you know, we probably, like, blew up to two times that size within the next year and a half or something. Cool. Um, So a lot of crazy things have happened in the course of the franchise's uh, life. Um, You know, like the Who playing our private party and stuff like that. Do you have any uh, personal anecdotes, any crazy stories throughout development? We've heard tell of you uh, pulling pulling the uh, I made Guitar Hero card to get a phone or something. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Wait, who told you that? Aaron. Aaron heard it from someone. Yeah, maybe yeah. Georgie. Yeah, maybe Mike Georgie told us. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've used that one a lot, actually. That's kind of like my, that's my signature move. That's like my, my finishing move. Is like if I call up, you know, the Apple Store or Best Buy or uh, I don't even, maybe that might have been like Verizon or something. If I'm like not getting my way, I'll be like, I look, I invented Guitar Hero. And that always like, that always like turns the tables and I suddenly get what I want. It's really awesome. 
that might not actually work that well anymore. I don't know if Guitar Hero is really the golden child. Yeah, I don't remember. The, the first one was awesome because it was just like, wow, this works. I'm going to keep trying this, you know? Yeah, no. Um, shit, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the most... Maybe because it's the most recent, but like all the all the Beatles stuff, rock band Beatles, Beatles rock band, uh, all that Beatles rock band stuff like hit me pretty hard. And like if when Josh and I would go to England and be standing in in uh, like Studio Two of Abbey Road, and it's like basically the same as it ever was. And I, I mean, I. I got chills, I got goosebumps, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm in the room, you know, and that really, like, has stuck with me, and if, if like, we went to Abbey Road and everyone there was an asshole, I probably would have been like, yeah, it's same old rock and roll bullshit, like, being on tour and all that stuff, you meet a lot of your, like, rock uh, heroes, and you realize they're, like, just normal people, and actually, a lot of the times, they're kind of assholes, um, but at Abbey Road, everyone was so awesome, you know? Like, Jonathan and Giles and all those guys were so sweet that it just made that whole experience kind of, like, um, like fantasy style, you know? It's so excellent. And there were we did some great work, and we were able to make stuff for the Beatles, which is never... I'll, I'll never forget any of that, you know? Um, the, during Rock Band and Viacom era especially like in the sweet spot like rock band 2 you know era things were going really well and we were now connected with this corporate like mega monster that was used to doing things in that style and so we were like going to parties and doing lectures and doing all this weird stuff in style like in a way that indie studios don't typically get to do and i think a lot of us uh you know just had some fun in limos or at parties on rooftops and stuff like that, which actually got folded back into Rock Band 3 a little bit in some of the cutscenes. But um, that was kind of like wild for us and new. And I was lucky enough to be, um, you know, being a director here and being one of the, the creative fellows, it was, it was nice to be included in all that stuff and get to experience all that wacky, wacky crap like... Although I wasn't at the I wasn't at the thing that the, where the Who played for us personally, I, I unfortunately Dude, missed that way. one. I remember them in Dornbrook sending the email. Oh, you missed it! It was so great. Yeah. Wish you guys could have been here. Yeah, that's classic right. Dornbrook style. <laughs> he was like, "Hey guys, check it out! I'm hanging out with the Who. Wouldn't that be awesome if you guys, you know, that play music and have worshipped the Who your whole life? Wouldn't it be awesome if you were here too?" You're <laughs> just like, "Thanks, you know, I'm eating a TV dinner at my house on Friday night." Yeah, no, that's classic Dornbrook, though. Yeah, it is. Um, so, Beatles Rock Band is a is is a good one to talk about. Um, that game we found a lot since its release has been used as an example of games as art, which I'm sure we could do a whole video with you on in general on that subject. But that's got to be pretty flattering as the art director for this Beatles game to to see it used as an example as there is art in games, and it's not just all just goofy cartoons. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, you know, the Beatles rock band as art, I think that it definitely has a lot to do with the music. I mean, I would love to take 
all the credit for that and, you know, maybe sometimes do. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but uh, the music is a huge part there. You can't, you can almost put anything on screen and play While My Guitar Gently Weeps and it's suddenly art, you know. It's a pretty, it's an amazing thing what Beatles music can do to people. But to have people say that that game is an example of game as art uh, it's very flattering, and it was not an accident. You know, we worked really hard on that, and I put together a team of uh, artists from Harmonix that I thought were pretty like-minded and were able to be visionaries and create a game look that was atypical um, for video games, right in the sweet spot for the Beatles, and did the thing that we wanted and that uh, Apple wanted, which was... Um, make a game that is very, very clearly a Beatles game and looks like be- a Beatles game, feels like a Beatles game, but isn't going backwards and isn't like a history lesson on the Beatles. Uh, I remember our first meeting with those guys in the conference room over at Abbey Road. We talked about, like, this is not going to be a history lesson, right? This is going to be this new thing that the Beatles are putting out. And we are going to be super respectful to it. And we're all huge fans. So um, that, was, uh, that was a good mentality for us. And luckily, both sides of the, the uh, ocean agreed on that. No, no one wanted to go backwards. And so we were able to stylize the characters and do cool stuff with animation and totally have freak-out moments for the psychedelic elements, none of which were were like, you know... I don't know, retro. They were touching and scratching at the, the old retro stuff, but it was definitely, we are trying to push it forward. And so I'm really glad that people got into it. And I think it was just the culmination of a lot of hard work, a lot of attention being paid to like the Beatles style, and a lot of help from the Beatles camp, right? You know, like uh, Olivia or Yoko or Ringo and Paul or all the guys at Apple, like... They helped us so much. We talked with them all the time. Josh was in constant contact with them. Every week we had a meeting where we went over every little thing. And um, it's like, I, I was just really thankful for that. Otherwise, we could have gone, who knows what we would have done, you know? But no, it's really flattering. Do you think Alex and or Iran have been changed since Rock Band's success has blown up as huge as it was as people? When you want to get me fired? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk smack about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they ha- I mean, of course they've changed. Everybody's changed, I think, and maybe everyone's changed proportionally to their, you know, rank and stature here at Harmonix, you know, and I think it's been, I- I've been here since 1999, right? That's a long time. And when we started, like, lots of us had long hair and uh, we were much more fresh-faced and those guys included, you know, like, to see Alex's transformation in particular has been amazing, right? Like, he was always really visionary and excellent um, at leading the company. And to watch his abilities scale with the company to be the head of a 300-person company is really, really different. And to navigate through multiple um, big business deals, many big business deals, and do it all, like, successfully and with class is really hard. And he has grown a ton and has just become super powerful. And, um, 
you know, to to watch Iran as well, it was like a totally different path. Iran, those guys made a decision that Alex was going to be like the face and Iran was going to be with the troops, you know. And so every day you get to work with Iran and going through all of our early games um, all the way up till now, it's like watching a super sophisticated, ultra smart programmer, you know, video game programmer kind of evolve is pretty intense, you know. So, yeah, I love those guys, and, and they definitely, they've done amazing things for everybody here, and I think no matter who you ask, like, everyone's pretty grateful, and I think that's, thank, that's thanks to their ability to grow and not change, right? Like, you could easily imagine people becoming less caring or more evil, and luckily neither of those did either. Yeah, I know, like, because I have to interface with the press a lot. I know I've heard, like, press people be like, Alex could have checked out years ago and cashed out, but he's he's still there fighting the fight, which is pretty pretty impressive. I mean, both of them could. Yeah, I think I believe that those guys. Okay, I mean, who knows? And maybe it maybe this shouldn't be on camera, <laughs> but I think that they, I think that they still do it because they actually care about the individuals here. Like there were times where they could have left and been perfectly fine, and who knows what would have happened to everybody else here. But they didn't, and I don't think it's because they want, you know, more money. I think it's because they actually want people to be happy and care about their welfare. And I think that's the really unique thing about those two guys. And I think that that, I I think that that has influenced all of our hiring, and everybody's attitude towards work, and the way that all the directors and managers deal with the people on their teams, like. That's like the general vibe here, right? Like everyone cares, and um, I think that's why. I think that's why year after year, Harmonix is like voted one of the best places to work. It's because I think their good vibes kind of uh, have spread out everywhere in in everything we do. Can you think of any band or genre of music that you gained an appreciation for because of playing rock band or because of working on rock band that maybe you otherwise would never have touched or wanted to touch? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm really snotty about music, so I don't actually think I've uh, I've uh, learned to appreciate new styles of music through rock band. I've learned to hate certain songs because, you know, you take your favorite song ever and then you have to play it 10,000 times during game development. You learn to hate even that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think... You know, I also hung out in record stores like every day, every week of my young adult life. It's like I'm, I was pretty exposed to stuff as it was. I still don't like Blink 182 or 311 or Linkin Park. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe Honest Bob and the Factory Dealer Incentives. Those I didn't hear about them before the the game, and now I love those guys. Even though you worked with them. Have you, so you're, you're actually, you're a father, you're a family man, as well as being our art director. Have you had any favorite moments playing the game at home? Has it been, like, I don't know if you play it with your kids or anything, but. Um, rock band specifically? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have had lots of amazing moments, which I think are, I've, I hear is, like, kind of universal, where people play the game with their family, right? Either the game developers or, or fans, you know, like, that, that actually buy the game. Like, 
you you bring the game home and you play it with your family during Christmas or whatever, uh, and and you're seeing like seven year olds and seventy year olds like playing this game and really enjoying it, and it's just really weird and different than anything that I'm personally used to. You know, my art tends to be appreciated by like an age group, and our games typically were appreciated by a certain age group, but to see like non-gamers, gamers, kids, adults, all different people in my family, like, appreciating it kind of in the same way and really loving it. And playing it together was really heartwarming, you know? Uh, like, I, like I always say, we're really psyched about making games that are played at parties. I think we're also very proud to make games that are, um, like, family-friendly, you know? And we make some games that are T for teen, and usually that's because of the lyrics of the songs, not really what we're making. But even so, like, these are games that you can crank up and there's, like, a thousand songs that are perfectly fine to, hang, you know, play and hang out with your family. And, um, you know, my family won't play God of War with me or not even, it's a one-player game, but they won't play Gears of War with me, you know. But they're psyched to, to hang around and sing some, some Joan Jett, you know. Cool. Perfect. You got any uh, straggler questions for Ryan? I was wondering what it was like to build a team. A lot of them were former students of yours, so you, you had this like awesome cherry-picking experience, which I don't think a lot of art yeah. directors in your position have. Right, so like, I taught at RISD for, like I don't know, 14 years or something. And uh, during that time, I had the unique ability, or I was in the unique situation of being able to watch students grow especially as I started teaching senior classes, like the more advanced classes. Um, watching these students grow and actually get really good and show tons of creativity and, um, and lots of chutzpah, you know. And I was able to be like, huh, I'm also an art director at a company that hires artists, you know. So, yeah, I would, I would pluck the, the star students, you know, and that's how we got a lot of our team you know a lot of really creative souls here are RISD grads that I I uh, was lucky enough to um, be in class with so um, for many years we filled our ranks with artsy fartsy RISD kids um, which I think has been really good for us and has been a challenge sometimes because I think most companies um, they want to hire people with tons and tons of video game experience which we do too but um, it's been really cool to have a balance where we have some people who have never made a video game before, but they're really used to thinking really creatively and really inventively. And I think that because of um, our style of hiring, the RISD kids or, or otherwise, that's how we make games like Frequency and Amplitude, and that's how we make games like Guitar Hero and Rock Band and The Beatles and Dance Central. It's like... All of our games are like kind of wacky in their own way, and it's I think it's because of the style of people that we have walking the halls. Um, and there's definitely been a change since I stopped teaching at RISD. Like, I think I think we were making the Beatles, and I was in an, in I was in another country, and I was sitting there, and my phone had a little schedule reminder, and I looked at it, and it says teach at RISD at one o'clock, and I was like oh, fuck, I'm supposed to be in America in an hour, you know? Like, it's like, okay, I can't teach and work at Harmonix anymore, you know? We were getting too crazy, so I had to stop teaching at RISD. 
And one thing that's really happened since then is I don't have that flow anymore. I don't have the ability to bring in my students. And so now what we're trying to do is, uh, and have been doing a little bit for a few years, is trying to hook up with teachers from other art schools so they can like proxy for me. So it's just like, hey, every year, tell me who your best student is and then send them my way because we'll probably want to hire them, you know. Um, and we have a really cool flow where we get people in as interns and grow them into game developers. And we have really powerful people here who, when they started, they had never made games before. You know, like, a, I can name a million people, but like Dare. Now, you know, now Dare's like, I think, well, he's certainly the first artist I ever hired here. He's been art lead on some amazing games, including the Beatles. He never even touched a PC. Like, when I hired him, I had to teach him how to use a PC. Um, he was a RISD friend and old bandmate. Um, uh, Brian Gibson, uh, you know, Noah, Berkeley, Peaches, um, Reiko, all of these people are, are students that had not made video games before. Um, but it's just fun. Mass Art, RISD, we get a, a, a Ringling. We have a couple of cool s- schools that we suck uh, artists up out of. Do you still see yourself as a teacher? as the director of the department? Yeah, I still consider myself a teacher. I mean, I'd love to go back to RISD someday and teach again. And, you know, we have all, we have all art meetings, which is once a week we get everyone in the, in the big room here uh, in the channel. And everyone sits around, and we have an opportunity to, like, talk with each other, but we also have an opportunity to teach each other. And so we've been doing this thing that uh, I started where either I or someone from the team teaches everybody something new. So every week, if you're an animator, you might be learning a little bit about ZBrush. Or if you're um, a modeler, you might be learning about texturing in Photoshop using new, t- new techniques or weird techniques. Um, and, uh, and that's been really great. And I love teaching. You know, I love teaching people new stuff. I try and stay on top of all the apps and all the techniques and art shows. Rebecca and I have a, the art blog on our wiki that um, anytime we see a cool art show coming around, it has nothing to do with video games. It's just like, hey, everybody, there's a cool show happening at the ICA or whatever. Like, you should go check it out. You know, we just we kind of, prom- kind of promote that sort of art education as much as we can. So, yeah, I still am psyched about teaching people in, in different ways. Change your mind